most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. And every Friday, me and Sean Kerner are talking to everybody out there, clocking those late night DFS hours as we break down the Sunday night football and the Monday night football DFS slates. If you heard Sean and I talking player projections this week on the Action Network podcast, welcome back for even more good stuff. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check it out. Over on the Action Network podcast channel, Sean, what's going on? What's up? I am ready for the night ship. I'm properly caffeinated. I am ready to rock. <laughs> How are you doing? Feeling good, man. Pretty interesting. Some some good teams here mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Sunday and Monday night slate. So excited to get into it. Let's uh, let's start it off with the Sunday night game. The Chargers going not far to San Francisco to face the 49ers. The line is Niners by seven. The total is around 45, and we know the freaks come out at night. So what do you expect to have a freak performance? I got to go with Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, It's just too good of a spot. You know, the 49ers are pretty big. Seven point home favorites uh, here. So, you know, the Chargers will still be without Mike Williams. Uh, Keenan Allen, I guess he'll be out. You said he has a 95% chance of being out. I'll go with that. <laughs> so, Keenan Allen's going to be out again. So, you know, the Chargers offense could be limited. And, you know, the 49ers should have a run heavy game script here anyway because the Chargers have a run final defense. They rank 10th against the passing DVOA and 29th against the run. So, well, Chris McCaffrey has already looked comfortable in this offense, even though he just joined it a couple weeks ago, he should be even more comfortable after the bye week. Um, so I just think he is the clear captain player. Yeah. I love McCaffrey. Obviously. I think that's the the smash. Uh, I'll go off the radar a little bit, give some people some options. Let's go Josh Palmer. You know, I think yeah. <laughs> I, your boy, your boy. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I actually think this is a sneaky spot for, Kind of what you're alluding to. The Chargers are a little bit shorthanded. This is a really tough matchup for them. And one thing that's notable about this matchup compared to many others the Chargers have played in this year is that the Niners are excellent against the run and they're excellent against backs out of the backfield. So you might still see a very high volume Justin Herbert game. And when I look at the matchups across the board for these Charger receivers, I think that. Palmer going up against uh, Diamador Lenore could be the, the the best matchup or one of the best matchups here. And just on volume alone, again, don't think Keenan Allen is going to play. Eckler might catch fewer balls than usual. And uh, and Mike Williams is still expected to miss as well. So uh, I think Josh Palmer, one of those negative game script, 10 catch, 143 yard games where he doesn't get a touchdown or anything, but he's just kind of running wild, maybe, maybe against the prevent defense for a couple of drives late. Uh, so give me some Josh Palmer 
in the captain spot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love this call. Um, I, I drafted him a lot late in drafts because I thought, you know, anytime Keen Allen's out, he can fill in for him. Anytime Mike Williams is out, he can fill in for him. He's a very versatile receiver. So with them both out, he kind of plays both roles. So had a big game last week. I'm such a donkey. I still have Keenan Allen projected for like three to four <laughs> catches right now. And then later in the week, I remove him. Uh, you're ahead of the curve here. You just start off the week yeah. with him out. Yeah. So right now, you know, Palmer is wide receiver 31. But once I remove Keenan Allen, he's going to jump in my top 20. So uh, obviously, I love Josh, Josh Palmer here in the captain slot as well. And he should be pretty uh, under-owned there, too. Yeah, he yeah, exactly. You know, he'll he'll be popular on the slate itself, but I think in yeah. the captain spot, yep. people are gonna be looking at Niners and Palmer, a very quiet six for one oh six on ten targets last week. His second straight, second straight ten target uh d- double digit target game. Yep. No, he's good. <laughs> that he is. Uh yeah, I think we didn't we both go to this that Charger Niner preseason game, and that's the first yeah. time we got to see him live. Uh so Oh yeah. Palmer, yeah, he scored yeah. a touchdown. Yep, or- a touchdown. He did, yeah. And then we saw Trey Lance throw a touchdown. Back the in the old days. <laughs> uh, who do you like for dart throws in this matchup? Do you like darts? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Um, so on the 49ers side, got to go with Ray Ray McLeod third here. Um, you know, his playing time will take a hit with Debo and Juwan Jennings likely returning to the lineup um, after the bye, but you know, he's been seeing a 30 to 35% routes run rate, even when everyone's healthy. Um, and he went off for four catches for 65 yards and a touch in uh, week seven when everybody was healthy. So he's a sneaky dart throw, at least uh, on a one game slate. Um, I think he could, could be overlooked here. Um, and then on the charger side, going with your logic that Keenan Allen will be out. Um, I'm going to have to go with Michael Bandy. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's not a great receiver, but at least he's getting a ton of playing time. Um, as a number three receiver in a Justin Herbert-led offense in what should be a pass-heavy comeback, you know, trailing game script. So, um, you know, we should see him run a route close to 75, 85% of the time. Um, I believe he had, you know, five catches last week. Didn't do much with it, of course, but still, the playing time's there. And for what it's worth, the 49ers ranked 31st against number three wide receivers. Um, Obviously, they're going to be putting a ton of attention on Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, um, so I think Michael Bandy, he could be open on a few plays and Josh Allen will look his way. So uh, he's my favorite dart throw on the Chargers side. I feel like we need to, like, I need to win something for like just catching you qualifying Michael Bandy with he's not a great receiver. That is definitely like a, a, a party. It's something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. You know exactly why you said that, too. <laughs> why did I say that? Well, okay, now, like, why did you, I, tell, like, why did you tell us <laughs> these preseason guys, like if Lance McCutcheon, uh, if I'm recommending him, I would say he's actually sneakily good, you know. Well, why uh, isn't Michael Bandy? Why did you feel the need is, to say that is, Michael Bandy is not a great receiver? He is playing out of pure necessity right now, that's why. Yeah, it's not answering the question. <laughs> I, it's okay, it's okay. Oh, I think the, li- no. the listeners will know, they'll know, they'll get it. Oh man! No, that is not the logic I'm I'm going with here. All right, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think I've ever heard you just qualify uh, a receiver. I do that, that all the time with guys. I, <laughs> not that way. Oh, <laughs> Shai Smith too. Uh, Shai Smith. I said Shai Smith is not a good receiver, but he's going to see a shit ton of playing time. Same logic applies here. We, not, not the direction talk- you're not the direction you're going with. It's a whole. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that doesn't count. Yeah, Bandy. You know, he was in. 
my top 50 last week. And I don't know if I was bugging or not. I mean, I guess I had a pretty good week. So I guess it was, it it paid (laughs) off, but uh, I was like, why is he in my top 50? Because there were six teams on a bye. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Not Uh, because he's good. Jesus. All right. Moving on. I am actually not to pile on for Michael Bandy here, but I'm going with his teammate, DeAndre Carter. And uh, as a, if, if you could hear me talking uh, about Palmer and I was talking about the matchup, you might have heard the wheels turning. I, I think I started a little bit because <laughs> I was there's another guy that I, whose matchup I like in this game on the Chargers, and it's DeAndre Carter. He should be going against Jimmy Ward in the slot. Remember, Jimmy Ward is playing a bit out of position. He was the safety, but then Gibson was playing well, so they decided to make him their nickel corner. And since assuming that role on the season, he's allowed 10 of 10 targets to be caught for 82 yards and two touchdowns on just 75 coverage snaps. So that's a pretty, pretty good matchup here for DeAndre Carter, who is, you know, second or third in the pecking order on a lot of these reads now with as long as Keenan Allen's out after, uh, you know, when he looks downfield because he's kind of the high percentage route runner on this team. Remember Josh Palmer taking over a little bit of that Mike Williams role. So he's going to be going down the field more. So uh, like DeAndre Carter going up against Jimmy Ward in the slot in this one, I think he's sneaky. And on the other side, I'll go with Jawan Jennings. Uh, Just a good matchup for him in this spot. The Chargers play man coverage at the seventh highest rate. Jennings has nine targets against man coverage this year. That's second most on the team. Remember, most NFL teams don't play a lot of man, so nine is actually a lot. Uh, He's got a team leading 37.5% of his targets coming against man, and he's seen multiple targets in every game, three or more in five of seven games. So he's going to be on the field. They love him as a run blocker, and uh, he could easily sneak a, a touchdown in. Last year, he was actually fourth on the team behind Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, in red zone targets. He's only seen one this year, but uh, that could tick up as the season progresses. So like buying low on some Juwan Jennings coming back from injury. Yeah. I love the uh, DeAndre Carter call. I, he's almost too good to be considered a dart throw right now, in my right. opinion, but um, obviously it's a great play. And also he'd be a sneaky stack with um, the Chargers defense. Cause he's their punt returner and kick returner. Uh, one of my favorite, anytime there's a touchback, he gets all pissed. Um, yes. Plus, you know, plus Jimmy G's going to have, you know, one or two just horrific throws that could be potential pick sixes. So I think just the the sneaky thing they do with DeAndre Carter would be to stack him uh, with the Chargers defense because you could get the double dip with a kick return touchdown. Yeah, I like it. Always, that's like one of the the keys. To, you know, you always try to do that on these kind of slates. I've been having a lot of Chiefs games and trying it with Sky Moore, but then he lost the the role, so that hasn't worked out. Uh, we got some fullbacks. We got some fullbacks on yeah. this slate. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? Oh, look at the fullback. Down the sideline. Big set up. Lovely. Touchdown. Like a runaway beer truck down the sideline. Yeah, we're, we're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullback straight again. Two, actually. Two pretty good ones as far as DFS is concerned. Kyle Juszczyk coming back from the, was it a thumb injury, finger injury? And Xander Horvath for the Chargers. So I guess the question is, you know, who's more likely to get that play action uh, goal line little little toss for a touchdown? Um, Well, that's probably Horvath. 
but Juszczyk is probably the most likely one to rack up three to four receptions. Um, Juszczyk has to be the number one fullback in our DFS rankings, right? I can't I'd, think of anybody that you'd project for <laughs> multiple catches, but he would be No, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Ingold gets some deep targets here and there, but yeah, yeah, no, yeah. use check yeah, is more consistent. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. Ingold is uh use check east over there <laughs> in Miami. Uh same scheme. But yeah, same logic. Um, but yeah, use check is definitely in play. I think everybody knows that though. But you know, Horvath, he scored a touchdown, what, the first two games, each of the first two games. Um, hasn't done much since, but the Chargers love you know, having those kind of gimmicky plays, you know, around the goal line. So he is absolutely in play. So this is a above average fullback slate for sure. Yeah. And I actually like Horvath for the value because I think use check, there is some uncertainty now with McCaffrey mm, here yeah. because you have to give, you have to kind of reconfigure your backfield a little bit because you, you can't have McCaffrey not running a lot of pass routes. And so that probably will cut into obviously the other backup halfbacks, but also use check. I think there was a time when everyone was hurt and he was starting to run like 40, 50% uh, of the routes each game. Now I think that'll dip down to more like what he was doing in the first and second game of the year. It was around 25, 30%. Still, still very good for a fullback. Yeah. But um, because of that, I think, you know, Horvath, they're going to need to find creative ways to, to get offense in this game. This Niner defense is very good. They've had rest. So, and and it's going to be tough, you know, with Eckler around the goal line in this spot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really do like Horvath. I think he's worth, especially if you're in some of the, the larger GPPs. Yeah. I think you want to make some lineups with him. All right. Let's uh, talk some luck rankings real quick. Uh, where mm-hmm. do we have the Chargers and Niners? Luck be a lady tonight. So the Chargers rank 12th, actually, and the Niners are 24th. Um, so this is actually, you know, a 12 luck rank differential, which meets the threshold. Usually we say it has to be over 10 for us to consider it. Um, so the 49ers are actually the value play here at minus seven, uh, which is kind of scary, but, um, I'm probably staying away from this uh, on a betting angle. How about you? Yeah. I was talking to, to my dude Stucky about this and cause he's, you know, last week he, he took the bucks, um, for our show, he took it at minus three. So it was a push, yeah. but uh, I was kind of saying my philosophy when I'm trying to take advantage of luck discrepancies and, and regression to the mean, all that good stuff mm-hmm. is I want points. Like I, I don't want to yeah. weigh points because that's kind of that's just kind of canceling out what I'm trying to take advantage of in the first place. You know, I'm trying to be on the right side of variance because I'm getting points and the team has been unlucky. So, you know, it's the same thing like with the the Giants, like I'm not going to, I wasn't going to fade them when they were an underdog, you know, it's like, let's wait till right. they're a favorite and then we can fade the Giants, you know, or see, same thing for the Seahawks. So that, that's kind of my philosophy. So I agree, uh, I, you know, but it is interesting because it's already kind of setting up as a really good spot for the Niners. I mean, if, you know, seven points on this, it seems like a big number, especially two teams uh, that are considered pretty high quality teams. So, you know, it, it is an interesting thing, spot, but I think for this slate, it just makes you more confident in maybe using mm-hmm. one of those backup Niner running backs. Uh, if it's Mitchell and he's active, if not Ty Davis Price, uh, one of those two guys could be interesting if the Niners have a lead late in the game. Maybe Shanahan takes McCaffrey out uh, and, uh, you know, this prize yeah. trade acquisition <laughs> and get some other guys. I'll wrap him, yeah. 
That's right. a good call. And yeah, I mean, I agree. And this is one of those spots where it's perfect for the 49ers. They're, they're a team that's better when they have a lead. Like if they ever get down, it's hard for them to come back. Isn't there some crazy stat with Kyle Shanahan? Like, yeah. If he doesn't, doesn't have a lead entering the fourth, I think he's like, yeah. Different. So that's, uh, they're, they're a team where the, if they are a big favorite, like it's a good spot for them, but yeah, that's why I'm, I'm staying away. I think that the spread about seven, especially with all the injuries on the Chargers side certainly makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this is, so historically, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners have not been good as a favorite, but they have covered three straight, I believe. They still have a, a losing record against the spread, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chargers hang around. But the fact that you just told me that the 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 nine the Niners are actually the unlucky team makes <laughs> maybe that's a little more unlikely. Now, on the Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, let's jump to Monday Night Football. I'll have a write-up for this from a betting angle out later in the week at actionnetwork.com. But we have the Commanders going to Philly as 11-point underdogs, total right around 44. For who do you like in a captain spot in this one? Uh, I'm going pretty chalky here. I'm going with AJ Brown. Um, and that's because, you know, the commanders have a very good run D. They rank mm-hmm. second in DVOA against the run, 25th versus the pass. So this is a pass final matchup. Um, obviously, the Eagles will still run the ball and they'll probably be very successful, but, you know, they could find themselves in a third and long enough to pass situation a bit more often. Um, and AJ Brown, his target share goes way up on third downs, it goes from 29%. To 34%. Um, and this is one of those game scripts where even if they get up early, they may have to just still lean on the pass uh, because that's the best way to move the ball on this defense. Um, so, you know, AJ Brown has a massive ceiling. So I kind of want to use him in the captain's slot here. Yeah, I love it. You know, especially these kind of matchups where a team tends toward playing more man coverage than the average team. Washington uh, is, is a team that does that, even though you know, William Jackson would have loved when, if they did even more of it when he was there. But, um, yeah, this team still plays man at a top eight rate in the league. And A.J. Brown, that's usually the type of matchup he goes off. Now, Devontae Smith was actually the one who went nuts in the first one. But 
I think that, you know, AJ Brown is due. So love AJ Brown. Uh, got him in my top uh, seven this week. Uh, I will go with Jalen Hurts, you know, talk about chalky, but in the first matchup, 21 of 34, 330 passing yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. So he did it through the air, seven for 23 on the ground. I do think he may need to run a little more in this one because it looks like the commanders are going to get Chase Young back. So that front is going to probably get some pressure and that's going to lead to some scrambling opportunities. And remember they do play man coverage and they did play man coverage at a high rate, even in the first matchup. So it's just kind of what they do. So when anytime you have a scrambling quarterback and a defense that plays man coverage, they're going to be those opportunities to run. Well, the secondary's backs are turned. So uh, like the matchup for, for Hertz from a passing perspective, also think it could be a little sneakier than the on paper uh, metrics suggest uh, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, I like that, Colin. To be honest, I was kind of torn between uh, A.J. Brown and uh, Dallas Goddard. I know it's a tougher matchup on paper for tight ends, but Goddard has been playing out of his mind. Um, so using, you know, Hertz in the captain slot, you can stack him with uh, Brown and Goddard. So that's that's what I would do. If I if I use Hertz in the captain slot, I'm absolutely stacking both Goddard and Brown and then go and shoot from there. Not to go on a tangent, but real quick, how annoying is it that all the tight ends that are, are like, oh, yeah, like ranked high this week all have like <laughs> miserable matchups? Yeah, like Hawkinson against yeah. the Bills, Friar Muth against the Saints, and Goddard against the Commanders. I think those are three of the top like five or, or, or six defenses yep. in DVOA against tight ends, and and they've been they've been good all year. So it's just really annoying. It's a bizarre week for tight ends. Yeah. Mark Andrews is on a bye. Yes, it's it's tough towards the top. Yeah, New Orleans is first. Buffalo is third, and Washington is fourth. Yeah, three of the four top four teams <laughs> uh, are like th- three of the top six tight ends uh, are facing. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, so on the Washington side, again, I don't know if this is a dart throw, but I'm going with Antonio Gibson, um, especially since it looks like J.D. McKissick will be out again. Um, he missed practice today, uh, today's Thursday and, you know, he's seeing a next specialist. So, uh, Gibson should see most of the passing down snaps again this week. He only caught two passes for 11 yards last week and 10 of those were on the last play of the game. You know, they just I dumped know. it off. The- You're bitter. You had the yeah, over. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I took- yeah, yeah. But like, explain <laughs> that to me. J.D. McKissick <laughs> is out and Antonio Gibson has like the lowest output of the season. Um, anyways, rant over, but it's going to be a negative game script most likely. So they're going to have to lean on Gibson, whether they like it or not, in the passing game. So love him here. Uh, it's definitely a game script that's not going to work for Brian Robinson. So Gibson could just be the workhorse back in the second half based on the game script. Uh, and then it's the Eagles on a showdown slate. So I have to say, Quez Watkins, you yeah. have to use him. I mean, he's their deep threat. It's a top-heavy offense. So he's the only real dart throw in this offense. Got to have some Quez Watkins shares out there. But I would say Kenny Gainwell would be the other option. Uh, like I said, we might see a little bit more third downs than usual just because Washington does have a good run defense. And last week, you know, they they like to bring in Gainwell on third downs. Um, when they got a first down, they wanted to do, do the hurry up, keep, you know, the defense personnel the same. So Gainwell was actually on the field for first down and he saw a couple of carries in that situation. So he has a path to see a few extra carries if, that, if they keep that up. Plus, there's the potential for garbage time work. Um, so I like Kenny Gainwell also as a dart throw on the Eagles side. 
Yeah, I was just going to actually say that's a great point that, you know, it's not just the, you know, third down hurry up snaps that you can get out of him. He, it, I mean, it's the hurry up, but that's, that's going to around the goal line. It's like when the Patriots used to have like three or four backs, Deion Lewis, uh, I think one mm-hmm. and, and Burkhead and it just, whoever was in there would get that touchdown sometimes. So uh, I do like Gainwell for that reason, but uh, I think there is another dart throw on the Eagles in this spot. And I think it's Zach Pascal. He against man coverage teams is when I want to roster him. And again, Washington's seventh most man coverage in the league this year. Pascal is second on the team with 3.3 yards per route run against zone uh, against man coverage, excuse me, behind only AJ Brown. No one else has more than 1.8. So you go from Brown and Pascal over three to Goddard at 1.8. So uh, I like, I think this is a spot, you know, he'll, he'll get his, you know, 20 to 30% of the route. So he'll, he'll you know, probably anywhere from five to 10 uh, routes run, not a ton, but we're talking about a dart throw here. Uh, really like him. They love his, you know, they love his blocking. So he'll definitely be on the field. And uh, he's caught five of five targets against man coverage for 78 yards and a touchdown. And he leads the team with 50% of his targets on the year coming against man coverage. So this is a Zach Pascal type of game. Uh, you know, I, so I, I really like him. And I think he'll probably be even less popular than Quez because Quez, mm-hmm. I think everyone kind of knows that he is, uh, you know, he's a starter. So uh, Pascal, to my point, this is the type of matchup for him in that first meeting a season high 15 routes a season high three targets and a season high three catches so you know they <laughs> this is the kind of matchup they're gonna they're gonna try out some zach pascal so like you might it. be the only person in the world this week that said the words this looks like a zach pascal <laughs> game but the night shift is the only place where you can hear that kind of uh deep analysis yeah, to be honest was- i thought i thought you were gonna go with uh Grant uh, Calcaterra or Jack <laughs> Stoll. So, I, yeah. yeah. Not against Washington. Not remember. Washington's <laughs> sure. pretty good against the tight sure. end position. Uh, so, yeah, no. Jack Pascal. I mean, again, it's just things you start to pick up. You know, they yeah. love his run blocking. Same kind of – he's like a, a, a Juwan Jennings. Very similar guy. Love his run blocking. Could do enough in the receiving game that he – they kind of want to reward him when he's good at run blocking by getting him yeah. a touchdown, and they're good enough to do it. So, yeah. Uh, a big week eight as well. So, and on Washington, I got two. Uh, I'm going to go with the two uh, backup tight ends for Washington. Make sure they're active, obviously, because they do have a fourth tight end, uh, Cole Turner, but he's been inactive. But mm. John Bates, first of all, and then Armani Rogers. Now, Philadelphia is kind of the opposite of Washington. They play mostly zone coverage in that scheme, they try to limit the explosives. And Bates is third on the team in yards per route against zone at 1.7 and Rogers is fourth at 1.5. Bates has a team high 86% of his targets coming against zone and Heineke looked for him near the end zone last week. They couldn't connect, but it was a pretty, pretty deep target, you know, looking for him down the field. So always like to see that. Remember he actually played well. I think you and I were both on him a few times in, mm-hmm. in DFS uh, because of, you know, he got, he had got the role from Thomas, but yeah, he, he's a guy that's capable of doing something and, it, or you could just get, you know, wait in the game, come back game script to get Thomas out of there. Cause they don't want to get him hurt and uh, dump off some passes to bait. So either way, I think there's a few outs for him to, to pay off. And then Armani Rogers, uh, I, 
just like the way this kid looks. I think he's he's going to turn into to maybe like a you know long-term backup for them, guy that they can have for you know more than just a year or two. Uh, he's they're they're starting to use him in creative ways. I, I believe he was a quarterback in either college or high school, mm. but they I, they I've already seen them use him in the Wildcat. And then last week they gave him a jet sweep and he took it twenty four yards. Yeah. And I felt so validated because he hadn't had a rushing attempt yet. But when I saw him in the Wildcat, I actually projected him for like point two rush attempts or something. <laughs> so I was like ahead of the curve on Armani Rogers uh, rushing yardage. Did you bump it up to point three this week? Yeah, they, or... might might have it at like point five. <laughs> yeah, we're going crazy here. Uh, but yeah, no. So again, just a guy that's going to be used in a creative way. And remember, you have Darius Slay on the outside. You have James Bradbury on the outside. So Terry McLaurin might be a little tougher. Heineke's been targeting him a ton, but that may have to uh, seize for a little bit in this one. And then Curtis Samuel, he's he's been running a lot of routes from the slot, so he should be fine uh, yeah. against uh, Avante Maddox. But we're going for some dart throws here, so I think Bates and Rogers, if they get uh, you know some usage here, that could throw off a lot of people who rostered McLaurin, Samuel, maybe even uh, Logan Thomas. So uh, like the two backup tight ends for the Commanders. Uh, no fullbacks, I don't think they've been elevating Alex Arma, but. I think he's played like one snap and I think he might be out of elevations. So don't think there's any fullbacks here, but what are the uh, luck rankings looking like for this one? Uh, Well, Washington ranks 11th and the Eagles are first. And a lot of the first place rank has to do with them being undefeated. Lucky. You don't necessarily expect a team to be undefeated this far in the season. So I wouldn't look too much into that. Uh, so this obviously qualifies as a, a 10 luck rank differential, but this is a game I'm probably staying away from. Um, I think it, you know, the, the Eagles are legit um, and they're going to be a team that does well with a positive game script. So I'm, I'm probably staying away from this. How about you? It's intriguing. Washington, you know, got blown out in the first I've one. I've been burned by Washington a little bit too much, I guess. Yeah, but it's, Carson Wentz isn't here, remember. I, yeah, that's I, true. I always warn people, you do not want to – Well, Heineke did his best uh, Carson Wentz impersonation last week, so. Oh, did you get three or did you didn't get three and a half? Oh, no, I got – yeah, I got three. Oh, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. – you got to follow me in the action app. I hit the four like, on, like, <laughs> on like Tuesday, bro. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I was all yeah, over I was that. a little busy Tuesday, Wednesday, but yeah, noted. <laughs> oh, you know, I love three and a half. You know, I love it. Yeah. No, like a lot, you know, lines, as betting gets more and more popular, I've seen a lot more like line movement. Like you can't just kind of wait around till Sunday anymore. A lot of times yeah. I'm getting it. Like I bet the Titans Broncos under 39 and didn't even think no, just you know normal kind of underplay you know two good defenses bad offenses and yeah. i looked back like maybe a few hours later and it was 36 and a half like you know it's like these lines are moving as much as i can ever remember this year yeah. so it, it is point. yeah uh but you know as far as this matchup i think you mentioned robinson as a guy probably won't be a good matchup for him but it could be a contrarian spot mm. for him because I think everyone's going to kind of come in with the impression that Washington's going to be blown out. Washington's going to be trailing. But remember, they do have a ferocious defensive front. They could be getting Chase Young back. That's always the equalizer when you look for a team. You know, how are they going to play on the road? How can they travel? Well, you need that 
defensive line to step up. And that is one thing Washington has going for it. So, you know, if that defensive line just kind of keeps them in the game, we finally saw the chinks in the armor in the first half again for Philly in that Texans game. And, you know, nobody, you know, the Sharps are all over the Texans in that one. And, you know, no one really gave them a chance, but they were hanging in there. So I think if you have a similar game script, you could get Brian Robinson essentially getting a similar type of workload to what Damian Pierce was getting in that first half of that game uh, against Philly. So I like him as a contrarian play, you know, if you're throwing a bunch of lineups and now that you mentioned that there is that uh, 10 spot differential. Yeah, no, I like that, Colin. To, to be clear, like his median range of outcomes are probably not good. But yeah, I love him as a contrarian play. Again, the Eagles are a run funnel defense. And like you said, it would be the same thing as Damian Pierce last week. Although Damian Pierce is it's, like 10 yeah, times amazing. better. <laughs> but still, the, the same the point remains the same where, yeah, anything can happen. It's the NFL. So that, that would definitely be a good contrarian play. It's the NFC East. It's late in the year. You need some physical smash mouth football. You need Robinson to just get in the end zone and, and just quiet the crowd. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know. Yeah, I mean, if, if that doesn't work, dump it off to Antonio Gibson, please. <laughs> right. Watch, watch it be, uh, who's their third string back? Jonathan Williams. That's. The oh, third. yeah. Yep. Watch, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, he could get, if this game does get out of hand and it does follow the actual you know, 11 point script, yeah. you could see some Jonathan Williams carries late in the game. So that is something sure. people probably, probably should be aware of. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this week's fantasy flex night shift podcast for week 10. Be sure to check out the full luck rankings list at actionnetwork.com for more great fantasy content from Sean and I, uh, you can check out our full player projections episode which is out now over on the action network podcast channel we also have our fantasy preview episode right here on the fantasy flex podcast channel where we break down the thursday slate and the main slate if you're listening to this uh in time for the main slate actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl fantasy and betting content as well as our up to date player projections and rankings for the upcoming week you can find us on Twitter. Sean's at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this shmoney. Go!